Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, August 21st, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 1.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen to start your week. The Heat Week is what they're calling it, as and by they, me, now, making it up. It's going to get hot this week, folks, so be ready for it. Nick Roush, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was, it was a solid weekend, solid weekend, uh, had, had fun, uh, with my, my old pals at the sales alumni golf scramble. So it was a good, good time. Uh, got a little time at the pool yesterday before we get roasting this week in this, this heat wave. Uh, so yeah, all in all, uh, even, even pulled the scoots and got to bed before, uh, 10 AM last night. So we uh we touched them all, got some good rest. It, it felt like the last weekend to truly refresh before uh, football season kicks off next this weekend. It's week zero. Week zero, Scoots. We did it. We made it to week zero. Well, Rouse, your your extra sleep didn't help because you said you went to bed by ten a.m. So that's awfully early to go to bed, pal. I've never gone to bed that early. That's a lot of sleep. <laughs> you know what, Scoots? I almost just had a. Smart mouth retort, but I, I'm going to let that one slide. I'm going to let that one slide. All right, it's gotta, Monday. We're not going to start off on the right, wrong foot. Got to give you a little ribbon on a Monday morning. That's what I'm here oh, for. He's, he's ribbed all right. Uh, could you, go for you, a rack of ribs. You, you ribbed him real good. Scoots, how was your weekend? Any any bedtimes before 10 a.m.? Uh, no, no bedtimes before 10 a.m., but no, I had a good weekend. Uh, we had, of course, I had football on Friday night. That All of that went well. Silver Creek's new stadium is awesome. So if you ever get a chance to go, go check it out. I, I, there was times on Friday night where I felt like I was at a small college stadium. So that was a lot of fun. Mm. And then Saturday, I went to the lake. So that it was a beautiful day. Sun was shining all day. Could have been a little bit warmer, but the water felt great, and I got roasted. So looking like a lobster here on this Monday morning. TJ, how was your weekend? I didn't know if you meant you got roasted via the sun or, you know. Oh, both. The, the drinks both. the drinks were flowing. All, all the above. At, yeah, you were at the you were at the lake, though. So yeah. that sounds great, Scoots. Happy to hear it. I had a good weekend. 
I did have a pre 10 a.m. bedtime on Friday because I stayed up past midnight, which is a when you kind of remember when you stay up past midnight, that's when you know that you're old and that it's a pretty rare occasion. But there was rough and rowdy on Friday night. And then one of our fantasy leagues, we announced keepers and had drawn draft spots. So we got, we got together for rough and rowdy in for that. And that was really fun. That was nice. Uh, I've, I've got, I have a fantasy football, not question because it's already over, but, and, and I get it. People don't want to hear about drafts and teams and sit start decisions. Uh, we're, we're not going to be heavy on that, but I did have an interest, a slightly interesting keeper decision. Had to keep two out of the three in a PPR league between Saquon Barkley and DK Metcalf and then T. Higgins. I had to keep two of those three. So you kept the receivers, right? No. Maybe maybe I didn't. No, he didn't. Who would you all? Who would you you all? I know who Ross would keep. Scooch, who would you keep? for, For me, it's easy. Metcalf and Barkley. Yeah, because okay. Higgins is a number two on his team. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the way to go. Running backs are so – I hate them. I hate them so much because they're – they've there's only like six that are worth – like that are actually good, and even then they aren't great. It's just so hard to find good running backs. So, yeah, you do, you do got to keep Barkley. Especially in keeper league. Like any yeah. running back that's worth a fart is going to get kept. So then right. you're starting the draft basically in the third round with all the decent running backs already plucked. So Saquon right. was kept, and I, I, I thought about all three options. I did think about keeping both receivers, Roush, and just being like, all right, I'm probably going to have one of, if not the best receiving cores in the league. Then in the draft, I can focus on every other position besides receiver. But ultimately decided on Saquon for the running back reasons that Roush mentioned. And went with T. Higgins. Went with T. Higgins. Went with the younger guy versus the older guy on his way down. I think the Seahawks are going to get figured out a little bit this year. I think they just caught a lot of people off guard with a new quarterback. Not necessarily a new system, but a new quarterback running. uh, Changing things up just a little bit. I think they're going to get figured out a little bit more. And I just, I don't know. I think I I like D.K. Metcalf a lot. I've had him uh, in fantasy leagues for many years, it seems like. And he's really never let me down. But T. Higgins, more pass happy offense. You're Joe. You got Joe Burrow. You got the probably the top three quarterback in the NFL, if not the best. And if what you know, what if something did happen to Jamar Chase? Then you're getting the number one uh, with the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So and it's a keeper league. T. Higgins younger. So ultimately decided on T. and let D.K. go. Uh, but I've got the fifth pick. D.K. could be right there. I could end up just nabbing him and getting him right back. But I, I just I went against you boys. I, I went with Saquon and T. Higgins, and I'm going to be rooting Ooh. for the Bengals' offense this season. You know, I, TJ, I, th- I think you made the right decision because I started thinking about it more. Metcalf has got to deal with more other really good wide receivers. You've got Lockett on that team. You've got Smith and Jigba, the rookie, who's expected a lot of playing time. So, ultimately, I think you made the right decision. Nicely done. Well, Thanks. and – and Thank he you. he did pick a receiver with a better quarterback. I, I thought it was fun being at uh, my golf scramble, hanging out afterwards, and somebody was like, uh, their draft just started, so he was consulting us for his picks. That's always fun because it's just, you know, you get all the guys just sitting around talking about players being good or not. Like that's, and that's really what, as sports fans, in our hardest to the core, we just want to talk, like, debate over which players are better or not. 
Oh, and it's fun to like yell about that stuff in the summer because n- nobody's going to follow up on it really during the fall season. But it's <laughs> yeah. fun just to act like you know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I did have Geno Smith on my keeper team, and for a brief moment, it did cross my mind. He was the fourth leading point scorer in all of fantasy football last year. It's like almost hard to comprehend and wrap your what? head around. But Geno Smith had an unbelievable season. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure in different leagues it could be different for for different people. But in our league, I'm pretty sure he was number four overall. Um, he, had a, he had a great season. The, the Seahawks were probably the biggest surprise in the NFL last season. Everybody wrote them off for dead after Russell Wilson left, and it turns out Seahawks may have been really smart with that uh, with that decision and with that move. But we, we still are planning to do like a fantasy football show someday or at least you know do a segment of fantasy football one of these days. I don't think it's today. We didn't plan for it, but we are off to a hot start with it. Yeah, I think I've got to start getting ready for my leagues. But um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I got kind of fired up yesterday watching uh, Wynn Bowden. Uh, he was he was playing some football on the television last night, a little preseason action for the New Orleans Saints. And it was one of those he made a – the brief moment that I had it turned on last night, he made a diving attempt at a ball in the back of the end zone, and he barely got a fingertip on it. It's like, gosh. You catch a pass like that, you from Jameis Winston in the preseason game, then you're you're on a team. But it it wasn't wasn't meant to be, wasn't meant to be. Didn't couldn't haul it in. So did he end up not really doing much? I don't know. I didn't follow up. But it's kind of fun when when you're just like flipping around. And my thing too, TJ on YouTube TV, like just any time a football game is on home, like that's the first option it gives me is to go to the football game. So I found myself just watching a few minutes of preseason action, not necessarily because, you know, when I turn on the TV, I'm usually just wanting to kind of like I got to mess around on my phone or do something first before I actually pick something to watch. So that's been kind of the go to kind of nice being like, oh, oh, Landon Young. Yeah, he plays with them. Let me see if I can see him do anything good. That, that Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Hopefully those guys. uh Everybody makes their respective teams. I, I haven't been able to keep up with the is is how's this one doing versus this guy because you know how it there's there's so many players that are on the fringe that it's kind of tough to to keep up with it throughout the preseason and see who's who's in position to make a team and who's not um other than just when you hear the overly over the top praise like we heard from carrington valentine after week one feel pretty confident that he's going to end up uh, making making that roster but not sure about lynn and landon and co so they feel like they're more on the fence. Josh Ali's doing all right. Yeah, he was third on the depth chart. So that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, you go back and watch some old football highlights to get you excited for this season, and everybody loves that that belt bowl. But, you know, who would have thought between those two players, Lynn Bowden and Josh Ali, Josh Ali would be the one with the more stable footing as of right now in the NFL. I would not have thought that. Yeah, um, crazy how that works, right? Uh, but NFL, it's – I don't want to say it's random, but it does feel kind of random. A lot of it just comes down to time and place, right? Do you get picked up by the right team? Uh, Bowden obviously did not when the Raiders drafted him to be a running back. Uh, Ali, he got to just pick where he wanted to go as an undrafted free agent and seems to have found a, a, a nice, nice landing spot. Josh Ali, he was a nice at Kentucky because he just 
he didn't really let you down. He, he did what he was supposed to do, didn't drop a lot of balls, just kind of was steady Eddie at the wide receiver position, but didn't have – he wasn't like the fastest dude in the SEC. He wasn't just going to blow by guys, make unbelievable like one-handed catches over top of people. He just kind of did, did his job, and I guess NFL teams, they appreciate that. And you got quarterbacks in the NFL that are just as long as you can get just a little bit of separation, they're going to be able to find you. Uh, and I guess he does he does things the right way. I'm rooting for Josh Hawley. He, I think he's an underrated UK football player in the Mark Stoops era that you know in 10, 20 years people aren't going to talk a great deal about. But he was nice to have him around for as long as UK did. And we're going to talk UK football today. Uh, UK had its final scrimmage on Saturday. I was wrong. I thought this was going to be the Mark Stoops light their ass up after the scrimmage, come in, talk with the media. You know, we've had mostly a good fall camp, but they've, they've got to they got to clean it up. They we were, we're way too sloppy for where the season. I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, get talk to the media to get the players motivated sort of deal. But no, he was pretty happy with it, Roush. And and it sounds like what word did he use? It was relatively healthy. He he's. He didn't really go into detail to say he was completely healthy, but also he didn't start the press conference by saying we lost so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. So sounds like all things considered, everything went all right on Saturday. That's good news. To the point where it's weird that we haven't heard the the Mark Stoops jumps their asses publicly. Now, I've heard, I've heard that behind closed doors, there's been a day or two where he's really jumped them and had to get on them, and they've seen – to respond to all those calls of action. But uh, yeah, look at, he was, he was in Lexington for it. He said he expected the same thing. <laughs> uh, but instead, I, the biggest headline of it all, love this question on the Thornton's text line, because I just love the, the fan base's reaction to this. Um, not sure if Stoops is taking Dion Walker out of the scrimmage is a good thing or a bad thing. Is Dion that good or is our O-line concerning? I just love how triggered we are about our offensive line right now, TJ. No, like Dion's an ass kicker. He kicked everybody's ass. He was so good, they had to take him out because he was whooping everybody's ass. That's a great thing. He's an all-American potential kind of player. You want him kicking everyone's ass. That is – like, it's like um, Anthony Davis was just dunking on everybody. They couldn't do anything. We had to take him out so they could get a good look. Like, that's the kind of I – don't, I don't know how to compare it um, basketball-wise because, really, we just get those summer practices. But, like, yeah, no, that th- – this – and that's this is common. Like they did this with Josh Allen had the twenty eighteen season. He was just whooping everybody, so they had to take him out. Um, now, was Kenneth Horsey in action? I don't think so. So that probably had something to do with him going up against backup left guard, who has probably been Chrisman, but um, he might be hurt as well. So it might be Paul Rodriguez. So like, yes, there 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 is when when Stoops was talking about guys being healthy. The getting bangs up, nicked and bruises. Like you, you probably had more guys sitting out than normal. But uh, I love hearing that Dion turned it on and was just kicking everyone's ass because that's what that's what he should be doing. I mean, we're, we saw it last year when he turns it on. It's hard to stop, and being able to do that on a consistent basis is his greatest challenge. And and not getting complacent. And that, that I think that's the the case for all of those sophomores because it's easy to think your stuff don't stink, um, and and to think like, okay, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. No, like that, that was great to hear that he has not gotten complacent whatsoever. And when the lights turned on, 
he was he was ready to rock and roll because when you're that big too, TJ, and you can kind of manhandle whoever you're going up. It, it, sometimes it's hard for for guys like that to turn it on. Um, like they're not the same player. And I've heard that Jalen Carter was a much bigger headache, but some of these big guys, like they have problems. They're like, they're not great practice players. Cause it just, it takes, it takes a lot for a big guy to get that ball rolling. And also it's like, well, I can just do this whenever. So why should I try? It's great to hear that the second stream is Dion showed up and was an ass kicker. It is great. Ultimately, I, I agree with your analysis that this is a bigger deal for praise with Walker than it is concerns about the the offensive line. However, to play a little contrarian for radio's sake, and I think there's truth to this as well, Like it's okay to be worried about the offensive line. And I think you'd be somewhat naive not to have concerns about the offensive line until we see differently on the field, just because it was bad last year. I mean, it was really bad last year. And part of that is because the standard at that position has been so high in the Stoops era and it's been so reliable and it's been so consistent and it just felt like we got smacked across the face with poor offensive line play last year. So then when you hear the head coach say we had to take out some our best defender because he was just dominating the offensive line too much, I can see why some people would say, all right, that's good to hear that he's really doing well, but do we have some issues here? And then especially when you're talking about some of the health of the offensive line and saying, well, you know, he could have been going up against some backups. Well, that's going to concern some people too because we don't feel great about the depth at offensive line or at least a lot of unproven commodities there backing up some of the starters where you don't really know exactly what you're going to be getting. The offensive line looks the part for what it's worth. Looking at the pictures from media day, they're a big group. Uh, it's uh, they're, they're intimidating. They, they look the part for SEC. But there are a lot of unfamiliar faces that you just don't know exactly what you're going to be getting out of. So I do understand some of the concern when you hear that. I'm I'm with you though. Like my first thought was, dude, this guy's just going to wreak <laughs> havoc on offensive lines across the country. But on the flip side, Roush, I mean, I, I don't know if there's another Dion Walker in in the, the SEC, SEC or college yeah. football in terms of just his athleticism and, and but like Georgia's going to have dudes that are very similar. Alabama's going to have dudes that are similar too. So uh, you know it, it should be they're going to have guys that are good. I mean they're going to have. I really mean, Dion can be one of three in college football. Like there's that few people with his size and like that. That I think that was my overall point. Is like every single team is going to have problem with Dion Walker and even Georgia, who's got four future NFL starters on their offensive line, he's going to at least let other guys get one-on-ones because they're going to have to use double teams on Deion Walker. Like that, I mean, I, I think that's the overall point I'm just trying to make is that like if he's playing at his level, uh, at that sort of level, it's it's going to create mismatches that are advantageous for the Kentucky defense. I'm in on that. And I'm excited to see it. I think this defense should be absolutely filthy and so much of it starts up front and it sounds like cats aren't going to have any issues there. But uh, it was a good update. Uh, it, yeah. Overall, the fall camp seems like it was a success. I don't know how you could really say anything otherwise. And, Roush, we're a week away oh. from you go into the Monday luncheon press conference and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. And we'll have a depth chart. Now we're uh, officially in – this is – it's luncheon season. So, um, I know there's some folks listening in Louisville who will be at Churchill Downs today for Mark Stoops' first luncheon. Not sure what his prepared – jokes or whatever because you know you, you got to have a little something something to give the people not sure what that's going to be but it's luncheon season it's time to button up and uh kind of quiet down 
um, for the lack of a better term. Like we we haven't gotten a ton throughout this fall camp, which is a good thing. But school starts today at UK, which just sounds miserable. I mean, it's going to be a hundred degrees, and they're going to be walking to classes. And why are they why are they starting classes so early? Is it so they finally get off? I mean, this is fall semester. I always hated that U of L started a week earlier in the spring, so they would be off Derby week, and UK didn't do that. If this is ultimately the goal, I agree with it. But man, this is an early start to uh, for for classes on UK's campus. That seems about right. We would just do Wednesday, and, and I, had a face, I had a Facebook I had a Facebook memory from like yesterday or something, and it was like at UK. I don't think that was when classes started, but it was when we moved into the dorms. I think classes started like the weekend after or something like that. I think it's about right. It's about right. It's just going to be hot. It's going to be really, really, really hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you went to the state, I had a friend who went to, he played in our golf scramble. His team was awesome. Um, and then he went to the fair with his family afterwards. And I was like, oh, so you, you just had the best and worst Saturday ever. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine leaving the golf course to go roast in the fair. Whew. Yeah, that's ooh, that's a lot yeah. of a lot of time. Out in the sun. I, I played some pickleball yesterday. It was the first time I'd played since the winter. Wow. It was fun. Uh, but it was outside in the heat. And we, we were from like 10 to 11.30 or noon. And by the end, it was just like, it's hot. It, and that's not even the hottest that we're going to get this week. So be safe, especially for those working outside. Allow yourself a lot of extra water and breaks and find some shade. And uh, speaking of shade, we're going to talk about what IU did over the weekend. What a bunch of losers. Holy smokes. And, folks, you're right. Like, we just got to – we got to hear what Scoots has to say about all this. I must have missed going, it. Oh, How? See, I knew, I, like, I knew that this – it's just unbelievable sometimes our producers at our, our radio station and their alertness with sports. I mean, I, I admittedly I was, had one of those weekends again where I just – shut everything off from the world and and didn't really pay attention to sports but there's a there was an interesting text on the Thornton's text line that I was like wait what why, why are we bringing this up so yeah I, I truly have no idea what happened I, I I did that scoots but I also got on my phone last night and was like scanning and I bet I saw 30 people quote tweet the losingest losers that ever lost <laughs> I mean what now, a bunch of dorks now you got me curious and then there's even like another part of this that I was going to ask Scoots about, but I was like, ah, that's kind of like inside baseball with IU. I, I bet he doesn't know. But you don't even know the main thing. You, so, of course, you're not going to know the little side thing about IU. I'm going to ask you anyways. Oh, uh, yeah. I might we're going to do all – what's that? I might know it. You never know. That's why we're going to find out after the break. But we'll get Scooch comments. He's finding all this out for the first time, which is a little disappointing. But maybe we'll get a more uh, – a more instant reaction from him. So we're going to come back. We'll see what he's got to say about it was, it was a tough weekend for IU. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker. Oh, Crouch, Justin we'll be back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I like pizza. With Walker and Roush. I like it. Welcome 
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. DJ Walker and Grouch, Justin Roll Taylor. Roll on call. Your Monday morning. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's has everything you need to get your day going, to get it started, to get your week started. Or if around lunchtime you're driving by, you're in a rush, just trust them for lunch options. They've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They've got a lot of great stuff at Thornton's. Check it out today. Spicy chicken sandwiches, roller dogs. They've got all the good stuff. 89 cents, 32-ounce sodas. Download the app, and you'll save time and money with refreshing reward status at Thornton's. Five cents off, ten cents off a gallon, whatever it may be. Text on into the Thornton's text line and pop on into a Thornton's today. They're the best. That's why they're all over Louisville. 502-414-1450. All right, Scoots. What do you got for us? No, what do you got for me? Well, I'm sure during the break you caught up. No, no, no. I want to give a live reaction. So I I did not catch up during the break. Man. (sighs) So hit me. But what did we do? What did we do now? What why are we the Well why are we doofus? I'll give you one guess and you'll probably be able to guess what you did that made everybody make fun of you on the internet. I'm gonna guess it had something to do with the watch shop. Yeah, yeah, big surprise, right? So what happened? Hit me. No, I mean, like, why? Why wouldn't you freaking look it up? Because you wanted a, a live reaction, and that's what I'm going to well, give yeah, you. you. I, I have yeah, no two idea. Later, after you watched it, that'd be a live reaction. And I mean, do you want me to watch it, or do you just want to tell me what happened? I, I couldn't make it more clear that I want you to watch it. I figured during that four-minute break after saying, I can't believe you didn't see it beforehand, that you wouldn't have watched it. So, yes, I'd like you to watch it. Okay. Uh, I sent it on the Thorns text on. Um, and, man, it's just – the thing is, is the more I've scrolled through Jeff Rabjohn's feed, the more embarrassing it is because um, whatever this Hoosier basketball fan fest is that 100 people attended, I mean, it looks very poorly attended. They also had Calbert Chaney showed up, and he talked, but they didn't have Calbert Chaney recreate his, I don't know, his shot that won them a national championship. Ooh, Calbert Chaney's on the coaching staff, Roush, so maybe he had to show up. Yeah. Maybe well, he had to show up. Maybe he did. But, but also, like, couldn't he just shoot a shot from the corner and be like, that was how he – Indiana won its last national championship. Um, instead, as you've watched by now, I'm sure, Scoots, they had Christian Watford – uh, shoot a shot that won them a regular season basketball game 11 years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I, I knew I had heard that they were going to do this at the Fan Fest, try to recreate the shot, but I thought it was going to be fans doing it. I didn't think it was actually going to be Christian Watford. But the, yeah, I mean, the way they celebrate, like, it's, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, it you're living in, in, in the past. It was a cool moment. Might as well relive it. But it, that's not. Verdell Jones tossing him the ball, so it's not all that realistic, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, what do you I What can... do you all want me to say? Like, I I hate that it comes at the expense of you all, but it was a really cool moment for Indiana. You know? Yeah, but it's it's it's. Did they redo the shot where they lost by was it fifteen points in the Sweet Sixteen, twelve something 12. like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so lame, and I I can hear that Scoots like wants to like it, but at the same time knows that he'll just get bullied to Bolivia if he says it. Well, I mean it it That's... it absolutely puts me in a really weird spot when it comes to producing for this show. Yeah, absolutely. 
So the equivalent would be like if UK fans just wrote a book, put this game on popcorn boxes, and 11, 12 years later in 2028, 20, like recreated Malik Monk's game against UNC in the 2016, 2017 season. It's almost and identical. I, it we is. just like we just went bonkers about it. Like it was UK basketball's identity. Malik Monk had 47 points in an insane win over UNC in a game that at sometimes looked like UK didn't have a chance. Other times UNC came back. It was just an unbelievable game. But the Caps got the best, and we're going to celebrate it for decades and decades and decades. But let's just not talk about the fact that UNC knocked out that same UK team just three months later. So it would just it would be so bizarre for UK basketball, a program with uh, you know tons of national championships, to fall in love with a regular season moment to such a degree. I mean, it's just it's really beneath IU, but no IU fan. Well, I shouldn't say no, but so many IU fans just don't seem to want to admit it. You know why that this this took place? If you watch the video again, it's those the two guys in the freaking red jackets. Hoosier Hysterics is what they go by. I cannot freaking stand those guys. They've been like the lead charge of like getting nil and all that. They do a bunch of podcasts and with former IU players and coaches and whatnot. I hate those guys. So I, I 100% guarantee that this was their idea. But it is cool when you th- see the players, the former player, the current players celebrating with them because you got to think back guys they were all what six or seven years old when this shot took place so for them that was probably a really cool moment to see in person but yeah I mean ultimately y'all are going to make fun of it at at the end of the day so there's not a whole lot I can say I mean it deserves to get made fun of it you you yeah, I don't, five I don't, national no, championships, I don't I don't dis- I don't disagree with that TJ but uh, there's I'm not in the part of the decision making I don't I don't want to sit here and really roast my team so yeah. Well, I was I was gonna say like a lot of the I I saw a lot of IU fans being like all right, this like we gotta stop like what are we doing yeah. quit it like fun game fun memory but yeah. what are we, and it, it, there it, there's truth to it like you can't say that that moment was so big because it was the resurgence of IU basketball and then here you are 11, 12 years later still living in that right and the reason you're still living in it is because that you haven't had anything better you've had some tournament runs you've had other great wins you've beaten other number one teams in that stretch but. You just can't get over that one. I saw some IU fans be like, what would Bobby Knight and his prime think of IU doing this? 11 years later, celebrating a regular season win against a non-conference opponent. And there is, like, I think Bobby Knight's a total loser, but I think there is truth to that. Like, he at least had the standards of IU basketball where I think IU fans think they actually should be. And I'll give you credit, Scooch, because I was going to ask you about the the Hoosier hysterics or whoever those guys were hate those a lot of replies were like IU fans crushing those guys they're responsible for this that they're just they're they're not they're not good for the program and I was wondering if you had any inside info on it it sounds like you 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 at least know the the background yeah I just I don't know how those guys are so freaking popular first of all they're old one of them the bald one he it's always smoking cigars. Anything positive that happens with Indiana program, we get a recruit, we win a game by three points over Popcorn State. He's sitting there on his back porch just smoking a cigar. I hate those guys so much. I hate those guys. They're just like they've turned into like fan. Well, they that's media that's rep- the thing. They started as like big fans, and that's fine. You you can be a big fan all you want, but don't don't take your fanhood and 
turn it into like a media opportunity, you know? I, I just feel like they started all this so they could get closer access to the program, and hats off to them. It's, it's worked. I mean, they, they do get really good access with the program, but I just, yeah, I, just, I wish it was two different guys. I cannot stand those guys. You seem like a lot of IU fans seem to share that same sentiment you have. All right, well, I appreciate the background there. I guess it would it, it would just be like if, you know, some, some like us, Roush, if we ended up like going to UK games and hyping up the crowd. No, no, like it that. wouldn't even be the same because you all have you all are already in the media. These guys were not in the media. They were literally just big fans came together with this big brainstorming idea. Hey, let's uh, let's uh come together. TJ would be like Johnny and one of Roush's buddies that are that are at every Kentucky game, but all of a sudden they realize, hey, you know what? We can take this fandom and turn it into a media opportunity and be around the program all the time. That's what it'd be the equivalent of because they didn't have any experience in media, to my knowledge. So Roush should be like if Stone Cold Willow was given the mic at Rupp Arena. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there that there's maybe so a was more that um was that a like nil event or something like what. Why it, are you doing a fan yeah, fest? Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be, and it was supposed to be a lot bigger than it was. But I guess the NCAA had changed some rules. I want to say at the beginning of last week, so they had to scrap a lot of the things that they were going to do on Saturday, which is probably why the attendance was less than it was. I think that scared a lot of people off, but it seemed it still seemed like a cool event. I mean, kids got autographs and got to meet all the players and stuff, so pretty neat. And I highlight by you basketball the last two or three decades that's right they all got to see that too <laughs> i guess they did go to the sweet 16 that year tj they've only been able to say that what two other times since i was alive yeah <laughs> yeah 13 and 16 i think well that's unfortunate yeah. yeah yeah not great bob not great. yeah not not great they, but they got they got roasted not just by kentucky fans so everybody and even including a lot of iu fans were just like we got we got to stop doing this stuff uh, which is which is understandable but it is a program that also cut down nets after a loss they 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 haven't had the the richest and the best history as of late but you can make it easy on yourself by not doing that sort of stuff all right well that uh I wasn't sure after Scoot's not seeing it where it'd go, but I at least do appreciate the the background on those guys that wear the stupid candy stripe suits every game or day. I've, I've seen those people, didn't know what what their deal was, but it seems like some IU fans aren't crazy about the bags. That's all I got to say. Wow, wow! There you have it. Text on into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Roush, how'd you hit him in your scramble? You never said. Fun. We um. Our group is all like BC golfers, so um, before ha not having somebody to to lean on is is tough in a scramble. But we we made our run when we needed to, and uh, the group we gambled against, we pushed, we tied. Uh, so like that's that's I guess that's where it mattered most. Like we played just well enough, finished uh, eight under, so it was pretty solid. Had a nice little. Uh, I helped us get started on a birdie train, made a long putt. Uh, but we, 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 100 yards and in was our weakness. Just couldn't get, uh, give ourselves good looks to putt from. Instead, we were putting from like 30 feet all day. So that was, that was where it was tough. But, um, use some of the stuff to our advantage. Like the, you know, they have the little games and everything that you'll play. Um, but more importantly, like the weather was just great. It was, um, Real, really nice. Got a little toasty there at the end, but the weather was incredible. 
Um, you know, getting to catch up with old old friends was nice, and met a little Saratoga afterwards. The only pro- problem I had was uh, came home and like, you know, help help get the get Frank ready. Uh, Duke was out fishing with Grammy, caught himself a big bass. He was very wow. excited about that. But we were going over to our friend's house, and in transit, I missed a horse named Duke that was a twenty dollar winner at Saratoga. And I was just no. like, oh, so the, the one race I didn't bet today that would have just been a blind five and five. Like, duh. It's tough. That was tough. That sounds that sounds besides that, sounds like a pretty solid solid yeah. day though. And yeah, uh, I, I didn't get any I like I had a couple decent drives, but I didn't have my one that's just like I, I kept whip snapping it. I couldn't get through on it. So that part was a little frustrating. But uh, you know, I ended up just you, you drink so many of those cold beers, you start uh, not caring as much about how straight your golf swing's going to go. We just need you to be in good form for the big X scramble here coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it'll... This, not this Friday, but next Friday. It's going to be here before we know it. It will be. Oh, man. And the college football season's going to be, oh, it's going to be just so great. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, well, good. Uh, Scooch, I get you didn't you didn't mention golf, so you just you were taking a break from golf this weekend. Yeah, I would have loved to play. I just yeah, I couldn't make it happen. So, well, Scoots, was your you mentioned your high school football game? Was it a, a contentious tight game? Um, my game, the one I called, yes, it was very close. It ended up the final score was twenty eight thirteen, but it was. Closer than that, the whole game. They Charlestown got a bogus score at the end of the game to make it not as tight. But yeah, and I thought you were talking about um, old Eastern Peak and Roush because I said they were going to get killed. They only lost by six, 27 21. Wow. So big weekend for the Musketeers of Pekin. That is nice. Huge those weekend. Boys are going to be floating in the hallways. They are. Yeah. Six point uh-huh. losses don't happen around those parts. Uh, this is poor Pekin. Uh, Roush, the, the, the traditional powers in Louisville all took care of business on Friday for the opening week of high school football. Yep, Frederick the sales got to win. Frederick yep. Douglas, not enough points in that one, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that was that was going to be a tall task for for the old Broncos, but um, but yeah, the sales got off the snide, got uh, got a win. That was exciting. Uh, it sounds like too, TJ. I want to I want to hear more of your Marlon Harbin takes. Uh, because he had, he's got to be a top priority. I'm here to tell you he's probably not going to be. But um, my here's my theory, TJ. Oh, because, probably go to Louisville then. So Marlon Harbin, he's a sophomore. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. Yeah, I, I, I want to say he's a he's a sophomore. He had a couple touchdowns, including a kickoff return in St. Nexus win over Floyd Central. What was it like, 45 to seven? Was the final. Uh, yeah, I think Floyd ended up getting 13, like 52 13 or something. I mean, they, they couldn't put their hands on him. Yeah, that's correct. 52 13. Yeah. Like, he, he's so fast. My quick assessment is that Kentucky's just not going to recruit him that hard because they're going to get Quisenberry in the class ahead of him. And, like, how many short, fast guys do you need in your receiver room? That's, that's my question. That's my wonder. Because um, Quisenberry at Boyle County, I mean, he he was great in his debut too, and Boyle County ran away with a huge win. Um, but that that's just my theory on him because recruiting Saint X while Wallace is there and his kids on U of L's coaching staff is going to be a it's going to be a challenge. I don't I don't think I mean just it's 
SEC football at Louisville, no matter who's on what coaching staff, they're not going to be able to replicate that. And then if it comes down to a nil thing, well, that, you know, Louisville maybe could outpay Kentucky for certain players in certain situations. But if Kentucky really wants them, I, I think they need to go after them. I think what you're saying is they're not going to really want them. I think getting guys in different classes, who cares? You know, they're different classes. One may end up redshirting, one may not. They could end up being two years apart from one another. They could end up being in the same class potentially. And then at that point, let the talent shine out. And if somebody doesn't work out, they can always do the free transfer. So uh, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm just rejecting it, unfortunately. Yeah, feel free to reject it. It's fine. You want a guy from your alma mater to go end up at UK. But I, I am curious how they're going to play this short guy role because um, Anthony Brown, for all intents and purposes, he's doing every – he's hitting all the early checkpoints that he's going to be a bona fide impact player in the SEC. Uh, but, like, that – I, I don't – it's just those guys, I just don't – they don't look like SEC wide receivers. So that's the part that makes me curious. How how much do you lean into that? Because you can't you can't only have short guy receivers yeah. playing the slot. Like, you can only have so many of them. So No, you're right. You got to get you got to have some people that can go up there and get it if uh, if need be. But you know who – like uh, that, that, that also works, and, and they can be dominant as well. But you got to mix it up. You know who looks like some bona fide SEC players? Who's that? The Smith Twins. They're back, eligible. They found out Friday afternoon, hours for their first game. And I received a message from somebody that was at the game, and they said, Jesus Christ, the Smith Twins. That's all I can say. <laughs> so, Is that a, was uh, it a good thing? Was that like, yeah, like they're so thing? amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, good. Well, good. And that's Kentucky feels like a real SEC football program with the high school athletic association just moments before the game making these people eligible, which is good news for Kentucky because now they get to play high school football just uh, not too far away from old Lexington, Kentucky. And that's good. We're, we're happy about they, that. They should and, have a, a good – I mean, their quarterback is a Louisville baseball commit, um, a pitcher. So he, he's a, he can throw it. Um, they, they got some know. some talent there. Is that poor kid that he doesn't want to win the big one? Guess guess not. Uh, guess he does not. Uh, <laughs> that threw me off guard there. <laughs> um, nice to have I, high school football back, though. I think uh, I think the weather even on Friday night was really nice for a lot oh, of folks that made it out there and got to it was, it was go to their local game. Um, did you uh, that may be. Did you watch the highlights of the Cutter Bowley versus Bowling Green shootout? We had a couple 50 burgers down at uh, Fikes Field, Houchin Stadium at Western Kentucky. I did, but that was on Saturday, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah that was one of, of a dozen or so bowl games. The the game of the year has already happened in, in week one, but holy stats, there were a lot of numbers there. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> that was crazy. I mean uh, – the the part that was crazy about it, what, and the I, I don't know if it's what happens where they get a little Looney Tune and big plays just start happening left and right, but that that's exactly what happened because there was a there was a throw that Cutter Bowie made fourth quarter they're trailing four minutes to go, he just stands in the pocket and takes a shot to the ribs but delivers a bomb 50, 60 yards downfield where a safety just fell asleep. And a receiver from LCA got behind the defense, catches the bomb for what you think is the go-ahead game-winning score. All you got to do is just get a stop and run out the clock. But 
Bowling Green, they find a way to respond. And then LCA, they respond again with another touchdown. Um, and I, uh, an exciting game. I think Bowling ended up like 370 yards. The running back for them, uh, Hensley, wasn't a household name before. Definitely will become one now that he's Bowling's teammate. Uh, he had six touchdowns, I want to say. Six or seven. 400 yards rushing. A uh, kid was at Madison Central last year, committed to EKU. So I'm curious if um, how much he'll blow up playing – playing alongside Cutter Bowley for LCA this year. Because one would think he would, putting up video game numbers like that, he's going to attract some attention. Bowling Green's the team to beat in 5A. So good to see the future cat passing a first early test. We mentioned his schedule last week. Got a lot of talented, tough teams early on that were state champions a year ago. So exciting start to the season for the the future cat. Now they're going to have some... Some folks following them along this season. They're going to have some some big crowds, and the bigger numbers he puts up, the more butts that are going to go in the seats, and uh, that'll be good. That'll be good, and he may he may come into to UK. Not, no may about it. He definitively will. He'll come to UK with some hype and expectations, and Roush and may you, maybe this time next year that you're talking about. Like, can he play as a as a freshman? Is is he a se- he is a senior though, right? Yeah, he'll be on campus in December. Yeah, I mean, I hope that that's not actually a conversation we're having, but you can imagine that there may be some folks that are doing it. It's been a little while since UK's had a freshman quarterback come in where there's been expectations that they're going to turn into to something. I, I think Gavin Wimsett could have changed that. He could have fit in that mold, but he decided to go to Rutgers. I don't think people really had that mindset about Kai Sharon. Could be wrong about that. Wade, we all figured he was probably going to get moved out of quarterback at some point, but hasn't happened yet. Um, but he, Cutter Bowley would be different than, than, I don't where where would you even have to go back? Drew Barker. Yeah. But and, Drew, and, you know, Drew wasn't that good. Like, that's, been, that's been a while now. He I mean, was Bo, 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 you know, Bo Allen probably. Probably Bo Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I forgot about Bo. He, and he had a pretty good amount of hype behind him. Oh. I don't think it'll be the same hysteria as this one, but. Yeah, good call on that one. But the thing is, you know, we we can mention some more names too, and those freshmen haven't worked out. Uh, you, it just hasn't. Who who's the last quarterback with hype that panned out at Kentucky? I mean, none of them have been as high as ranked as Bowley, though. Bowley will be the highest ranked quarterback Kentucky signed since maybe Lorenzen. I mean, he's the top one hundred quarterback. Barker was like two hundred. 10th or 187th or something really like that. I remember star. if Mike Hartline had any expectations when he came into Kentucky. I know Woodson did not. Woodson was a lower, you know. Yeah, He was kind of like many of the other guys we mentioned, like a mid-three star. All right, let's see if he turns into something, and he, and he did. He certainly did. Jared Lorenzen had hype, but you don't know if that was just because of, like, the novelty of his size. He was recruited by Miami, too. Like, that was his... That was where he was going before Mummy told him he could throw it 50 passes a game. Um, so, like, he he was certainly on the national radar from that gotcha. perspective. But maybe, uh, you gotta, maybe you got to go back to him. I mean, yeah. crazy, crazy enough uh, where it actually worked out. There's been plenty that have had hype as well and, and did not work out. And obviously Patrick Tolles and Drew Barker come to mind with some other guys, obviously. So, uh, exciting stuff. It's going to be a fun year for him. It's going to be a fun high school football season. Again, Trinity took care of business. St. X took care of business. Mayo took care of business. 
seems mm-hmm. like it's going to be the big three between those in the city. But uh, and Roush to sales, like you said, you can't go undefeated if you don't win the first game. So yep. nice to see the Colts get off uh, get off the schneid. Did you uh, did you see Willie Rodriguez on the third play of the season for Cubcast? I I did. That looked uh, that that play looked familiar too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty simple kind of play action rollout where uh-huh. they that they, they bid on it, and it just those those poor safeties. If he gets matched up on any safeties this year, like they're not tackling him. <laughs> he just he's a freak, man. He's a good athlete. Uh, Going to be fun to watch him this fall because you know Cuffcat's a good program. Um, they pack the state the stands for those games, and they're going to play some good teams. So I, I'm. I, it's not going to be Michael Mayer esque, but it, I mean, it might mirror that at sometimes. I don't know. I, I I don't know how much you remember of Mayer in high school, but like I've never seen a tight end take over a game like he did against Douglas in that five A state championship game a few years ago. That was just insane, <laughs> insane. Yeah, I wish he he would have been a cat, but I do I do remember that, and uh, he's done that same stuff in college as well. He he is uh, he is awesome. Keep that train rolling with old uh, Willie Rod down in uh, down in the bluegrass. Speaking of really good tight end, can we just get Bowers the hell out of college football at Georgia? Yeah, seriously. Why is he still in college? I mean, that dude, and he just torches UK on an annual basis, it seems like. Do you see their quarterback they named? What a geek. <laughs> now tell us about it, Scoots. He's yeah, a, give he, us your analysis on Carson Beck. He just looks like a geek. I know he's from Jacksonville, from Mandarin High School, one of the biggest high schools in the state of Florida. I think they're, I want to say they're 8A. So, he's probably pretty that's, good. That's too many A's. At that <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of them. Uh, all right, let's end hour one there. Hour two, we're going to get into the Thornton's text line. We've got other quick hitters, basketball, football, other sports. We're going to get to all of it on your Monday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Do not go anywhere. Daily Double Dip coming up next, and then more KRC after that when we return. Roll Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two. I'm Walker. He's Roush. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Nobody really calls me Walker. Roush is appropriate for you, but I'm... Not really since freshman year gym class. But that intro says Walker every every day for hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. It doesn't mention our producer, Justin Kalen. There's no need make for sure, that. Make sure you're following along with Scoots on social media at Scooter Dingus 669420 on Twitter. <laughs> Almost. You almost had it. By the way, guys, I'm like, I want to say 60 tweets away from 10,000. Big time. Wow, that's huge. That is huge. I'm going to have to make a big stink about my 10,000 tweet. (laughs) Yeah, you got to think about it. Don't blow it. (laughs) Uh, 
good news for you, Scoots. You get a free lunch courtesy of me. Yes! Go freaking Spain! That's what I'm talking wow. about, baby. I should have taken you up on the 600. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? It was right there waiting for you. Uh, I'm I'm happy. About, like, I'm, I wish that you were buying me a lunch, but uh, it'll be nice. I, I didn't want England to win anyway, so I was happy that they, they didn't win. Uh, in all seriousness, though, did you see the, the, the news? The, the lone goal scorer in that game lost her dad, they told her, like, after the match. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's pretty sad. But, Very sad. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how you go from the happiest moment of your life to the saddest real quick. No kidding. Like, obviously uh, – it, it would have both those things are days that I'm sure you'd never forget the yeah. day that you scored a goal in the World Cup final and then the day that you, you lose a parent and for it to happen like almost simultaneously uh, that would can't imagine the the whirlwind of emotion a human would be feeling in that situation but no doubt. Uh, that's the women's World Cup it's all over the United States really blew it and that's unfortunate but should be a wake-up call for for the organization. The United States has already hired, fired their their coach, Vladko, or whatever his name was. So I was going to say we're going to get uh, a new coach. Well, so he's he's gone. Mutually agreed to part ways. I think was what the term they use. So oh, okay, come on. Well, he can mutually agree to never get anywhere close to the United States women's soccer team again. We can mutually agree to that. USA basketball. I don't scoots. Who do you cheer for in basketball? Germany or USA? Uh, USA for sure. Cause it was a doozy yesterday. Old Wagner from Michigan. He was just lighting us up. Uh, United States down nine with like four minutes to go. And then they just turned it on ended up winning by eight, but it was really fun. They, they had two games over the weekend. They played Greece and they played Germany and easy win against Greece, but uh, really had to sweat it out against Germany. But, that's their final tune-up in the World Basketball World Cup. I don't think it's called the World Basketball World Cup, but they really want to emphasize world. When's it the start? World Cup about, it starts soon. Uh, they're done with their warm-up games. I want to say it maybe starts this week. And the United States is in a group with, I think, Greece, but the other two teams aren't very good. But I think it starts this week. I'll get a date for you here soon. But there were other stuff going on this weekend. Scooch, did you watch any of that golf tournament? Uh, I caught the last couple holes. I saw the uh, I saw Scheffler and Fitzpatrick shot on eighteen that they had to make to send it into a yeah. playoff. That was a couple really good efforts there. They both had a shot. I mean, Scotty, if he if he would have hit his just like five yards longer, I think that would have rolled back and in. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't meant to be. That was an amazing golf tournament that I didn't see nearly enough people Same. talking about. Yeah. The BMW Championship out there in Olympia Fields and in Illinois, which I think that they've hosted maybe a U.S. Open before. Uh, but you had a leaderboard of Hovland, Matt Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler, Rory were your one, two, three, and four finishers. And at one point, I think they were all like 14 under or two of them were 14 under and one of the other ones was 13 under. And they just battled it out in the end. And then Hovland, just with an unreal shot on 18, sticks it real close. He makes the putt, gets a birdie. And then who was it? I think Scheffler on number 17, he was one off. He was at 16. He bogeyed, so at that bogey on 17 was pretty much it, and that made him have to pull out, Scoots, what you're referring to. But after 16, you know, he was one off the lead, just find one more birdie on 17 or 18, force a playoff, 
Instead, Bogies misses a putt he should have made. But it was a really, really exciting finish. And if you're wondering, which you may or may not be, we have the first confirmed, what, six players are for the USA Ryder Cup team, Scoots? Did you see that? I did not see that. No, I saw Kepka miss the cut, but I didn't see the actual team, no. Yeah, it's it's an interesting group. I I think Europe's going to probably be like heavy favorites going into this Ryder Cup. And not that I don't like the group, but it's just kind of some names you're not overly familiar with when it comes to this sort of competition. But uh, you got Max Homa, you got Cantlay, Clark, Scheffler, Harmon, and Shoffley. Which, like, again, you know, I like those golfers. Good golfers. Not really crazy about Harmon so much, but you got to – he's earned it. He's been playing well, too. Like, he, he, he has been real well. He has. He finished fifth. He was the fifth one yesterday behind Rory and those guys. He has been playing well. It's just not really like the star power names that we're familiar with. And then you're going to get some captain's picks, and a lot of people wondering, will Bryson DeChambeau be included? Will Justin Thomas, who's been horrible this year, will he be included? Uh, you know, Spieth isn't even on there, but you'd imagine he will get the nod just because of his experience. Uh, you can't imagine Phil Mickelson's going to be anywhere close to this Ryder Cup team, but – you know, there's there's an interesting caveat there, unless you need somebody to drop half a million on some bets potentially. Uh, so there's your there's your group of six that's locked in, and then we'll get some of the other ones in the next couple of weeks. So it'll be here before you know it, the Ryder Cup. By the way, did you all know that Brian Harmon is one of two people in PGA Tour history to have two hole-in-ones in the same round? How incredible is that? I just can't even imagine. Right? I can't imagine having 1-1 on the scorecard, let alone two in the same round. That'd be awesome. My my brother-in-law's mom, who I would guess, I don't know, maybe like 75, she just hit her first hole-in-one like a week wow. ago. Wow. That's and awesome. I was, talking to, I was talking to him about it. I was like, you got to tell what she say about it. Tell me. And he was saying... Well, you, driver on the par three, which is always a good time, but you know she's older, and that's just how it's going to kind of work. Right, right. And I asked her about it, like what happened, and she said it, it was an accident. Like I, you know, I just hit it. I didn't think it was going to go in, and then it rolled in. And he was like, "Well, mom, that's that's you know hole in ones. That's everybody's just that's what you're doing. You're trying to make it, uh, and you're you're just happened to roll on in." And I was like, "Did she buy drinks for everybody? Did she go crazy?" And, he was like, well, the person that she plays with, she only drinks sweet tea, so it sounds like it was a pretty mild celebration, which is funny. <laughs> you know, this this woman who just didn't seem to really even care so much hits a hole-in-one, and then scoots, there's people like you and me and Roush included where it's just like, please, at some point in our lives, allow me that moment of ecstasy to see that ball go in the cup uh, coming off the off the tee. But you know what, TJ? We'll someday, if, if I have to wait until I'm 75 for that moment to happen, I'm good with waiting until I'm 75 for that moment to happen. As long as it let, does happen. Uh, l- I, let me just get to 75, right? Exactly, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and let me get to 75 and be able to swing a golf club, too, and uh, even get a chance for a hole-in-one. That would be, that'd be amazing. I agree with you, Scoots. Like, if you could lock it in stone and be like, you're not going to get a hole-in-one, you'd be like, oh. But until you're 75, it'd be like, oh, sweet. One, going to live till I'm 75. Two, be at least in decent enough shape to be able to hit a golf ball and let alone hit it far enough to get a hole in one. Uh, That was very, very exciting. Brings me to a, a hypothetical, which I don't think I've asked on the show before, but I've been asking my friends in rounds playing, and I've meant to bring it up on the show and just haven't had the opportunity to do so. 
Would you all rather hit a hole in one in a scramble or just you're keeping your own score? You know, Scoots, I know you don't keep a handicap, but you really should. But like, you know, where it could actually benefit your overall game, or would you rather have it in a scramble? Roush, I think you're definitely gonna say scramble. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'll just t- I, beggars can't be choosers. But um, I mean, it, I would probably if I'm in a scramble, it's more than likely I'm already in kind of the like let's party kind of vibe, and I'm with friends, you know. So I m- maybe that's maybe that's more that that would be more fun. But it doesn't. I beggars can't be choosers. I'll take whatever I can get. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it either way. But I'm the opposite of Roush. I'd rather have it on my own scorecard. So I could like hang that bad boy up, frame it. Here you go. Had a hole in one one time. You could theoretically still do that even with with a scramble. Yeah, but you got to turn I, your I scorecard. I, I'm in. totally conflicted. I was hoping both of you all would provide some better reasoning and rationale to side me one way, but unfortunately, you all were unable to do that. I'm unmoved. <laughs> because on the one hand, like doing it in a scramble and just having. I mean, it's not just your team that forced them, although that would just be insane. Like that moment of just like, hey, boys, put the clubs away. We're going to we're putting down a one here and just the the craziness that would ensue. That would be awesome. But then you just be the big stick around the clubhouse after like when everybody's talking, oh, he got a hole in one. Don't worry about closest to the pin because he sank it. Like you just be a hero walking around the Mm -hmm. clubhouse after the round. And that would be really, really fun. Where if you do it with your own score. You could still have a fun group of four. You'd get drinks afterwards, but it's probably not like a huge group of 30 or 50 or 70, you know, depending on how many golfers you have out there. Um, I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm conflicted on, but I also agree with Scoots a little bit. Like it'd be fun to just have your own score. Yeah, I shot an 86, but did have a hole in one. You get that bad boy framed. You get the little thing all set up on it. That'd be nice too. And, you know, it would be for you. For your score, maybe you mm-hmm. shoot in the 70s because that hole in one is what what changed everything for you. Maybe you shoot 105, but you don't get the, your favorite 105 you ever had because you got a hole in one on it. I don't know. I could go either way. Yeah, it's same. Beggars can't be choosers <laughs> in, in this instance. But I think I I narrowly lean towards like the scramble party atmosphere because you know things are. The more the merrier. It's more than just a clever saying. Here's the here's the one thing it comes down to for me, TJ, is if you're in a scramble and this happens, there are going to be a lot more people that you have to buy drinks for. Whereas if it happens well, on your own card, you're not going to have to treat a, a 80 to 100 people or whatever. Cheap scoots. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying. If there's like an 80-person scramble, I'm not buying a beer for everybody because I got a whole them's the Them's I, the rules. My foursome, absolutely, and they're drinking whatever they want. But I'm not. I'm not. That's not extending, uh, sir. Congrats on your hole in one. You owe us twelve hundred dollars. See, I've always, uh, I've always been under the impression if you get a hole in one, anybody that's in the clubhouse gets to participate. You know, I, I haven't had to worry about that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, what do you think on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450? And maybe somebody out at Elk Run on September 1st will hit a hole-in-one. If you want to get in, uh, they were actually texting with me this morning. If you want to get in, you get you got to send that text message over to Big X Sports – or Big X Scramble, excuse me. Big X Scramble at Yahoo.com. We would uh, love to have you out there. Elk Run will be doing the show out there from 7 to 9, and then – 
Once the show ends, we will be getting on the shotgun start and getting the round started. We'll have t-shirts out there. Everybody playing is going to get a nice Kentucky Roll Call koozie. Both of those things have officially arrived, so I have them in my possession. Very cool. I got to get both of you all your shirts um, next time I see you all. I'll be sure to, to do that. But we'd love to see you out there at Elk Run. It's going to be really fun, and hopefully the, the heat wave will be out of We'll be cooling down by that point, hopefully. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Either Knock way, on. we'll have football to watch, and it's going to be exciting. Same thing this weekend where it's only a handful of games, but it's going to be exciting. Week zero. Football. Back. Let's head on over to the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. Uh, where are we? If you want to kill your fantasy league, you got to listen to the Fantasy Footballers podcast. They're hilarious and the best in the business for content. Uh, do you that do was our the first Fantasy Footballers podcast, Texter. Because uh, if you did, I, I'll check it out. I mean, yeah, I, I draw a line on fantasy football content, though. Like, I, I don't know. I just. I'm with you, Ralph. I, I'm not going to be listening really... to a podcast of fantasy football. Yeah. I'd, I would. I would, especially with draft season. I don't think I'd do it weekly or anything, but uh, for for draft to get prepared, why not? I wouldn't be totally against it. A texter on the Thornton sex line says, how would you all ideally design Rupp Arena or a new basketball arena for the Cats? Definitely have to have suites so the blue hairs won't be stealing all the courtside seats. Sidelines will have students like at Michigan State. Think 18,000 is a good sweet spot for capacity. What else would you all do? Um. Yeah, I don't know if I would do. I think an end zone's fine for a student section. I don't. I I I, I have an idea, but it's kind of hard to explain. Um, but I, I I think this would be really cool for an arena, and it'd be kind of similar, like think Pittsburgh kind of, where it's Pittsburgh's get they've got like suites right behind the seats, so it's not totally like that. Well, no, it'd be kind of it would be similar to that. So, like, think you're looking at the benches in the score table. Right behind that, you'd have like very small sections, very small. Like each one would maybe be like twenty people. They could even be like many individual suites if you want to look at it. That that's where your money's going to be. That's where your big boosters are going to fund the athletic program with those seats. But then on top of that, which is again going to be very close to the court is going to just be it it's going to be almost like elevated soccer open seating and that's going to be the student section and it's going to wrap around the court and it's not going to be directly on the floor but it's going to be about like five to ten fifteen rows up and it's not even going to be seats it's just going to be almost like a coliseum standing around all of the arena and first come first serve get there early and get a spot and you know i don't know how many seats that's going to be like five thousand maybe uh, you, you're going to have to, you know, some students aren't maybe going to get to go to the biggest game. And then above that, it's going to be bowl seating. I agree with the texture that like around 18,000, 19,000 is probably the sweet spot. And then above that, it's just going to be stadium seating. Going to be real nice. Look really good. Uh, of course, now this is a pipe dream. After they renovated Rupp Arena, that means the cats are going to be there for a very, very long time. But uh, that I think would be a cool arena and similar to kind of Texas basketball's new arena. Although I think they've got the students directly on the floor. Yeah, I I don't know if it's what 
I mean, I, I'm just conflicted on the having the students by the four because um, I don't know if that's just a byproduct of putting them by the four that they're crazy or if it's their crazier fan bases because they're closer. Like, I don't know what happens first, the chicken or the egg uh, in that scenario. And you also, I mean, I, I'm not, the students are have been great at football games, but do you want a bunch of empty seats in November games? Because that, like, you know what I mean, TJ? Like, you can have a, a few awkward moments um, if you do that. I mean, I, I know Kentucky fans are pretty darn passionate, but um, I don't know. I, I've always just thought that was very much, like, overhyped, having the students wrapped around the court like that. Whereas uh, I think it's more important just to have low ceilings and make it feel like it's a more – tight-knit atmosphere than than what it is right now. Rupp's pretty cavernous right now. I'd much rather have a feel like old Freedom Hall where it's, you know, 16,000 people, but um, it, it feels like a lot less when people are all jammed into there. Yeah, and I'm a, like, I'm a big fan of, weirdly enough, I don't know why, but like circular arenas as well. So like for my, think of kind of like Texas, but also West Virginia. So the first real seats wouldn't be till like row 20 or 25. So you'd have like the suites right on the floor, all the old money right there, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 rows. And then almost like a, a spot where what's the right word. What are those seats that hang the, like the, the low, the load seats. Is that how you pronounce it? The ones that hang over. I think so. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. So basically like the students would be underneath the real seating where the load seats were, they'd still have a good view. Uh, I like it's almost like I could draw it better than I can actually phrase it, but that'd be fun. I think it'd make for an awesome atmosphere. Texter, what a weird question to have us just design arenas for you on a Monday morning, but I had fun with it, so thank you for sending it in. Scoots, do you have any preference on arenas? I think IU's got a decent setup with Assembly Hall. Oh, I yeah, so I, I wish it was less steep, but overall, not bad. I like the you know, steepness. Uh, like gives me anxiety. But I don't. I don't like being in that place. It's kind you of the same. Something. Falling on you. It's kind of the game. same at Kentucky too, though, right? It isn't rep pretty steep. Very. Yeah, not yeah. not like Assembly Hall though. Yeah, the upper level is pretty comparable. At, I at, think so. The too. lower level, not as much. I mean, Assembly Hall is just nothing but steep, like everywhere. Where Rupp, it's really only like the second, the upper, the nosebleeds, where it starts to like you, and, you're, you're taking a step and your knee is at eye level, and you're like, oh whoa, that's yeah, and like you have to you know be like more than halfway up to really feel it whereas i feel like i open the doors to assembly hall and i feel like something's going to fall on top of me because it's so steep and they literally have stuff falling from the rafters like every other <laughs> month it seems like yep a texture says tata washington getting cut by the thunder isn't super surprising and matt jones act like he was some special talent at uk tata was a poor man's emmanuel quickly was not all there was not all that at kentucky by any means but you'd have to take that up with Matt. Uh, I was surprised I, to see him get cut just because, you know, you just brought him in. Right. But Tata, I definitely think, and I and I thought this at the time, I think I said this on the air at the time. I'd like to think that I did. Maybe I didn't. But, like, he definitely could have benefited from another year at UK. Just the only thing is the first round wanted him. What are you, what are you going to do? But I, I think that's – imagine a backcourt with him and Case and Wallace and Antonio Reeves. And you kind of, you know, Wheeler maybe goes to Washington a year early. That'd be pretty fun. That would have been pretty good. And then, like, Ty Ty was really good. When he was on at UK, he he 
showed some flashes of special talent. And then he got hurt, and it was just kind of too inconsistent, unfortunately, where you're right that, like, an Emmanuel quickly was much more consistent. Really, any of the other guards that we're going to rank in the Calipari era, for the most part, would be more consistent, thus, in my opinion, better. But sometimes Tatai would cook, and it was fun to watch. It just didn't happen enough, unfortunately. And then I think injuries played a pretty big role with him. And he was a little guy, too. But he's got his best basketball still ahead of him. He'll be all right. Yeah, just a little. You, you rarely see the three teams in rookie season. Like that, just a lot. It is. Lot. You, you wonder, like he didn't ever seem like a you know a problem. He he seemed like people loved him. I wonder if it's his deep. Like it's got to be something. I, I don't know exactly what, but it's got to be something specific I about his game. I I just need an NBA person to explain it. Maybe his defense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TJ, as a student during high school years, was there any kids that played for Saint X that you that you thought you were better than? Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head though. But definitely not freshman year. I was really I was tiny freshman year. But then once I got bigger, I'm sure I thought I was better than some people. Probably wasn't though. A texter says, speaking of loud noises in movies slash show, every damn show on Netflix, especially the documentaries, are like that. The audio is low when the folks talk, but then as soon as the scene shifts, the music is so loud, you have to keep your hand on the remote the whole time. The only downtime is when the kids go to bed, and it's impossible to follow most shows because of the volume differences. Pretty annoying. Yeah, I, I can concur with that. I don't know about Netflix document, but it does at least feel that way. So, yeah. yeah. I, I also don't know if I can specifically say that about Netflix, but just going from different streaming service to different streaming service, a 20 on one may be like perfect. And then you can hardly even hear it. So then you turn it up to 40 and then you go back to the other and then your ears start bleeding on like, just like that. Um, so I don't know if I've noticed it necessarily with Netflix, but definitely from streaming service to streaming service uh, for sure. Oh man, the worst is when you're just trying to doze off to like the office or you know insert sitcom and you just get that wild theme music as soon as you're fading away. A texter says, "Disappointment is nothing new for Big Blue Nation's football and basketball dreams, but we've also had our expectations surpassed in recent years. Would you say that the internal hype for UK football right now is too low, too high, just right?" Thanks, South Georgia Wildcat. Thanks for texting in, South Georgia Wildcat. And I actually had this written down if like we needed to get to a topic. But Roush, it, it's getting to a point now where it's, I, I can never remember this preseason hype for UK football. Like the, and, and it is maybe more quiet optimism. But but I, I think a better phrase is like an, a not shy optimism. Like coaches are, and I'm I also am curious to see what the coaches say in Louisville today at the luncheon at Churchill Downs. But the coaches are like, yeah, we're good. The players are saying that. Media members that have inside info, everybody's really positive. And now it's at the point where you get national guys that are like, the things we're hearing from UK are really good. Devin Leary as a quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, is UK's is going to be UK's guy under center. I can never remember a season with more like internal optimism and maybe external now because, again, everybody's talking about it. This is a big year for UK football. And, you know, the schedule, I think, is as tough as it's been in the Stoops era as well. But it seems like you're going to have the team to match the schedule. 
and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like 18 was similar because you had so many draft decisions come back, but there was still like, I mean, the Florida Street was still active going into that year. So we didn't have the, the enthusiasm wasn't as, wasn't as unbridled, right? Like you still weren't sure if they could, they could hit those marks. I felt like we had a similar amount of optimism a year ago. So like, you know, that that's just where any sort of expectation check or trying to compare, like it's tough. At least in my, my, my I, I'm just the whole, this whole off season, I'm just trying to like use my brain to pump how my heart's feeling just to like, Hey, just slow down. Like just relax. Some of it's because it feels like there's a long way to go with the season, but also just because uh, I've, I've been hurt before. I, I don't want to be let down. And to answer your question, South Georgia Wildcat, it feels like it's about right. Where if you're very excited about it, the coaches aren't giving you any reason to calm down because they're 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 not doing their usual song and dance. They're trying to like what's the like they, they aren't coming out and being overly confident, but they also aren't just like saying that this team's got a lot of work to do. They aren't challenging them publicly. Like everything sounds good so much that it's scary. Like, it's just like, wait, uh, is this, is this too good to be true? Because that's, that's basically all I felt uh, this whole month of August. Feels yeah, too good you, to be true. Yeah. You, you just maybe wish the schedule was a, a little easier. Yeah. Just wish you didn't have Bama on there. But uh-huh. um, but you know, anything can happen. Anything could happen. You're right, and that that's what could make it even more special. Just a totally side note: is everybody in the world have plans on September 16th? That's like I've I've been invited. I'm not a popular person by any means. I've been invited to a million different things. That specific. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. DeSales is having a big event too, and I'm like, I, I mean, I can't go. Like. Louder than life is that, or no, Bourbon <laughs> Beyond is that night. Yeah. Like every, I don't, I don't know why people. That that's the one thing too that stinks is like now that Bourbon and Beyond and Louder Than Life are in September, you you have you can't do anything in the City of Louisville those two weekends because you just you're asking to compete against the biggest thing that's happening. Then so it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, and the and the cats have a game that day, and I, I probably it's a night game too. Joe Moorhead coming back to town. Do you remember the last time Joe Moorhead was in Lexington? Was for a Mississippi State game, I'm sure. Which one? It was great. A 2018 win uh, against Nick Fitzgerald and co. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald's, yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah. uh Okay. All right. We need to take our last break. We're going to come back, finish up the Thornton's text line. Give you some, uh, if you're wondering maybe where to go for lunch, we've got some tips for you when we return. Uh, and if you're wondering, like, I need some good, good, gla- I need sunglasses. I need, my sunglasses stink. I need some better ones. Guess what? We've got an update for you when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. This is my message to you. Two, that's far shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. Ooh. 
too tall, could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering out. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes. Happy Gilmore is such a ridiculous, ridiculous movie. So many different parts about it. But it's fun. It's a good time. It's a great movie. It's a classic. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. I'm going to Washington, D.C. this week, which... Wow. I am excited. I am excited about, but we, it's kind of, we've got a few things planned, but it, it's more just like we're going to get there and I guess just see what we can see, do what we can do. But uh, leaving there Thursday, I think I'll only miss Friday's radio show, maybe Thursdays, but I think only Friday, but uh, that's exciting. And then boom, I'll get back from vacation and Roush, it'll be game week. We're right there. Oh man. Watch parties. Getting, you know, won't be too long before it's NFL Sunday, and you're going to maybe want to get some catering from a certain place at your house, eat it all day. Yeah, these salsaritas and their wildly addictive chips. Ah, salsaritas, salsa is so good. It's in their name. They've got the best marinade. TJ, I'm doing it. I'm my mouth watering talking about it. That's how, that's how good salsaritas is. I'm freaking Pavlov over here mm-hmm. thinking about. They're wonderful tacos and burritos, and I just start drooling all over the microphone. It's not great, Bob. No, I mean, it is no. great. It's so great that it's not great. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous doing these ad reads. we got to be strategic when we do them because our stomach starts to growl once we start talking about Salsaritas. And there are two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Keep them in mind for catering. Back to school, watch parties, like I mentioned. Uh, after a high school Friday, you you know, I know a lot of people have like team dinners and stuff like that. Maybe not necessarily after the game, but let's also read this. Take care of it. Uh, we're doing our family golf scramble on September 16th. And uh, after we've already got Salsaritas all lined up. So we're excited about that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and then hopefully after maybe the the big X scramble, we'll have some Salsaritas out there for folks. Text on into the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. We're going to keep reading through them unless, Roush, you've got any other quick hitters you want to get to on today's show. I can't. I Do the think, people I think need we've, to know anything else? I think, I think we've hit all the, the big ones um, so far. So, okay. one last final quiet weekend before or gets crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we 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 have. Maybe the text line will bring up some stuff as well. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Roush, the Colts barely beat the Redhawks of Seneca. Talk about a big old yikes." Yeah, uh, red zone turnovers aren't uh, great. Aren't great. Um, but hey, learning from their mistakes. They just had. I think in any sort of rebuild too, learning how to win is the is such an underrated value. And that I know it sounds like cliche and coachy, but there are a lot of horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Like it's it's easy to do the right things and be close, but to actually pull off the win, like you have to develop those habits. Mark Stoops' teams needed that early on where they they didn't have those good winning habits, and finally they started making some winning plays late. So, uh, not turning the ball off over in the red zone. They'll figure it out. They'll get back on the on the right path. Um, which I saw there were seven teams, CJ, that were winless last year that won in week one. So that's good, kind of nice. Uh, there's also probably going to be a new whipping boy this year in the city. Uh, du Bois is the 
alternative school that JCPS created. I think it's an all boys academy. I think they have a different school for that are all girls, but uh, it, it's a pretty cool concept. But starting your first varsity, I, I believe this is their first varsity season. Uh, they played a little bit of JV. It's just it's going to be tough. It's going to be it's going to be real tough to get going when you've got a bunch of sophomores playing against some some grown ups there. So. Uh, good, good luck to those guys this year. I know it's persevering for, through that. Not, not going to be easy. When I was in fifth grade, the first year of tackle football in Louisville, although maybe it's now earlier, I think, but or CSAA tackle football in Louisville, we had so many players that they split us into two teams. They had the sixth grade team and the fifth grade team. Oh, tough. And boy, did we just get our butts beaten weekly. Yeah, yeah. We won. We won one game. And it was against some really, really small school. Uh, but besides that, I don't think we came within like 20 to pretty much anybody else. We, yeah, we, we got dominated. Um, it, it was not, it was not the most fun thing in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Losing in football stinks. It's one thing if it's basketball, you can at least, you know, get some points up or something like that. But football, it's physically and just moral. I mean, it, it just, it wears you down. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, Scoots. You, you're just kind of lining up for a butt kicking. And after like a first quarter, it's just like, yeah, okay, we're just going to take, we're just going to get hurt now as we're getting our, our butts beaten. Well, and, and then you got to practice for a week. Like it's just, I mean, a three game losing streak is a month of losing, basically. Like I had one of those in high school as a sophomore. I wasn't playing. It was, it was miserable. Not fun. Yeah. Uh, I agree. The texture says, Scoots, you have to be pretty embarrassed as an IU fan with how much your fan base idolizes beating Kentucky in a regular season game 11 years ago. I was fully prepared to respond to this text and say something along the lines of, I don't really see it anymore. It seems like it's always brought up by Kentucky fans. And then we had the whole Indiana thing this morning. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> embarrassing. You're right. Pretty, pretty embarrassing. And uh, they canceled the series against UofL because they were scared. What the hell is going on at IU? Football's different. It mm. doesn't. It seems like it's kind of going across a, a multitude of sports. I mean, football should be scared. They're horrible. <laughs> Not sure well, if Scoops taking Deion Walker out of the scrimmage is a good thing or a bad thing. Is Deion Walker that good, or is our O line concerning? This got Roush fired up in hour one, so go yeah. back and listen to the podcast. Deion Walker, that good. Uh, another texture on the Thornton's text line says, Amanda on the challenge is absolute garbage of a competitor, only on there to stir up drama. I don't think my wife has ever hated a reality star more than Amanda on the challenge. My wife, not a fan of hers whatsoever. And she would, if I didn't know any better, my wife may have sent in this text, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, and I, I agree. She's, she's pretty terrible. Um, they'll, they'll play like the kid angle with her. And I, I can at least empathize there, but, she, she's, she's just horrible. It, um, she's not a threat to win it. She's not a threat to even win eliminations. She brings nothing to the table from a physical standpoint. She is on there just to stir up drama, like you said, Dex. Is that the new Challenge USA? Is that what we're watching now? Yes. Okay, I need to get caught up. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a it's been a good start to the season. I like their their gameplay. It's it's been fun. I like I like, says, uh, I like building up episodes on that show though, because. Some of it I just don't want to like. Come on, I'm just let me just fast forward through this. Yeah, that's 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 totally fine. 
Uh, there's it's been a nice blend of like you know targeting big guys. Usually it's just like the young the young guns are the first ones out, and the season's been a a little different at least with who they've been throwing up. So it's been a good season. Big Brother that that's been solid as well for those that like garbage reality TV. The entire listening audience wanted you to watch the video during the break, you dingus. Thank you, Texer. I mean, you all could have very easily just as well told me that they did that. I, I don't feel like watching the video is necessary. Oh, you, it was it was necessary. What, what do you think this is? Like, what do you think this is? It's a radio show where we talk about sports. You don't think something relevant to our show was worth watching for 30 seconds? I mean, I, I, I truly didn't know you wanted me to watch it during the break. I thought you wanted the surprise element. So, my, my bad. I watched it. We're all good. <laughs> Keith Smart, Roush, not Chaney. I thought he hit the shot to win Indiana's last uh, national championship. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvert Chaney totally should have recorded <laughs> Keith Smart's shot. That, that was good. That was good. Yeah, please. And, like, I, did, I never watched any of those people play basketball though because they're so old. They they were Indiana's. It's been so long since they've been good that I never watched them while they were competing for national championships and being relevant. It's true. Pretty sad. Since you all triggered scoots over IU, can I get a suck at IU to hammer home to him that his program is garbage? Yeah, suck at IU. <laughs> Take out the candy stripe suck it and keep. Cutting down nets after losses. I misspoke Friday, but Holy Cross opened their new stadium with a win over North Bullet. Sloppy game overall. I think seven turnovers, but a win. And off to Providence on Friday. That's from Mook. Man, I told somebody who said they were North Harden alum that Holy Cross is playing North Harden. So I hope they didn't show up and were disappointed to see North <laughs> Bullet. <laughs> By the way, Mook, Holy Cross is going to get smacked. Versus Providence, so just prepare yourself for that. Wow! Especially if they turn it if they turn it over seven times, Providence will win by forty. I think he's talking about seven total between both think, teams. Okay, but, yeah, that yeah, would make three, sense. Four situation. Yeah. yeah. All right, but hey, but, Nuke, don't forget that Scoots put it out there. So if you ends up being wrong, you let him have it. I mean, if yeah, you, let him have if it. If you want to have a little friendly wager on a move, just hit me up. You know where to find me. Wow, oh. Scoots feeling confident in his team from Indiana. <laughs> He's laying down the gauntlet. I love it. I broke my back against Providence. They can suck it forever. <laughs> you shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> uh, what do we got next? Another texture says, kid from alma mater put up some video game numbers this weekend. Yeah, uh, this kid from Harrison County, Caden Custard. He had 324 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 316 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Well, that sounds fun. Looks exhausted. Uh, yeah, I would be pretty tired after that, I would imagine. That's, just, uh, did, they win? Did, did they win? Don't know. Surely they won with Harrison those numbers, right? They put up six the touchdowns. Is, is Harrison County they lost, and that kid needs to transfer ASAP. <laughs> Harrison County, known for their baseball, not their football. Is that in Kentucky? Um, yes, they beat Callaway County. Hmm, never heard of that one. Harrison County is uh, Cynthia, about forty-five minutes north of Lexington. Thirty, give or take. It's like shout yeah. out to Joe B. Hall. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, but one by seven. So, <laughs> gosh. He had all those touchdowns, and they just barely held on. Hey, a win's a win, though. Yep. He's got, he got good stats. 
I read CL Brown's article in the CJ about future conference realignment, and people forget CL Brown's back with the CJ. Uh, people forget me, that. I forget. Actually, that. I don't because I get app alerts every time he writes something. They they you, love to advertise for CL Brown. I say you a big CL Brown guy. They just every time CL Brown writes a story, Courier Journal sends out an app alert. I do think he was a part of one of the Courier's better sports departments back in the heyday, and then he left and went elsewhere and. Now he's back. People forget that. Uh, I, he wrote conference realignment about how UK safety of being in the SEC could be at risk as soon as the current broadcast contracts expire for both the SEC and the Big Ten. I think he's trying to lump UK in with U of L's precarious position in the ACC. U of L has been an abysmal failure in the ACC as well as a total embarrassment for the conference. It wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising if U of L was asked to leave. UK, a charter member of the SEC, has been winning bowl games, and historically UK basketball has been pretty much okay. So no, UK is not in the same precarious position as U of L. I need to read the article, Texter, but that does sound like a load of nonsense. Season has to the any break. has any conference ever asked a team to leave? Ever didn't, didn't in the one, history of didn't sports. one like recently happen? Didn't uh, Temple get kicked out of like the Big East back in the day or something? They moved up to the American. Uh, they, well, that's what, that's what I mean. Like I don't because they had football, but no, I think Temple got kicked out of a conference once. Somebody got kicked out of a conference once. It did but, happen, but you're right. Like no, it's not. That, it's do, not that doesn't happen. Thing. That's not like a normal thing where they're just like, oh well, we're not making enough money. We're going to get you out of there. Like that's not. And, and I think a lot of it too is just that angst is very much realignment angst is alive and well for U of L. But like I, I know you're trying to get your whole audience to read this thing, but you can't just lump in UK. Like it's they're not there is no realignment angst with UK. The the charter member exist. of the SEC. Yeah. The, the they have only, the longest tenured athletic director in the SEC, second longest in all of college football. Like they're they're on solid footing. The only thing where I think UK could be in some sort of quote-unquote jeopardy, and I don't think this is going to happen, um, would be like if there's a Saudi-like live purchase of, hey, I'm creating a 16-team super football league, and it's going to be basically mini NFL, but I want Alabama, and I want Georgia, and I want Clemson, and I want Texas A&M and Texas. And if they just cap it at, a certain number where UK is not one of those top schools, whatever that number would be, then maybe that's where UK would be like on the outside. But then you would have 96% of college football on the outside. So, you know, what, where, what would happen there? What would happen next? And secondly, if this were to happen, they wouldn't, they would want that number to be as big as they could. They wouldn't want it just to be 16 teams. They'd want it to be 32 if they could. They'd want it to be 48 if they could. Because the more teams, the more money that they'd get back. So if they're for like where if they said, you know what, football is kind of its own thing. The rest of college athletics, there is this model and it does make sense. But for football, it's just become too too big, too much money involved. This needs to be its own entity. Maybe Kentucky in that scenario could be not one of the top programs. But one, very unlikely something like that ever happens. Two, if they did, they'd want that number to be bigger than 16. So, you know, I think if even if they went to 32, there's probably a decent chance UK could be involved, which I'm not saying UK is one of the top, top 32 programs in college football, but I would think the SEC would have an inside track to the Super League. And I think Kentucky's finances would seem to indicate that they, they would deserve to be belonged. But 
it's a it's a hypothetical that you don't really need to worry yourself about because it's not going to happen. John here. Good morning, everyone. So yesterday I was working a wrestling show. I got to talk with another wrestler who was a Cats fan. They said they were a little more excited about football cats than the basketball cats. Tried to sell Callum Company, but they were saying I need to see it before I believe it. How much of the fan base feels that's the way. I feel like it should be at least, or could be at least 30%. Feels the basketball cats are number nine bound. Well, got to go talk to you later. I mean, part of that, though, John, is football's just closer. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, of course, yeah. they're going to have they're going to have some apprehensions about basketball because it's not even on their radar. March is 10 months from now, something like that. Playing into like the stupid basketball football debate. Couldn't you make the case that like both of them need to prove it? I mean, UK football lost to Vandy last season. And granted, you, you replace the offensive coordinator. You've got a new quarterback. Uh, that you feel better about, although we did like Will Levis, and he was a little banged up last season too. But like, you can make a case that both of them are going to need to prove it. We need to see that offensive line be better if we want this season to be as great as we think it can be. Uh, and we're going to need to obviously see Liam Cohen back meshing. I'm not so much worried about that, but you're going to need to see the secondary also be able to step up because there's maybe a little uncertainty there as well. And then same with basketball, exact same with basketball. Like, we know that this team is super talented, but let's let's see you beat Kansas. Let's win a Champions Classic game for the first time in a long time. Let's uh, beat UNC in the CBS. You know, win some of those big games and let us get let, let us start dream weaving a little bit. And the same applies with UK football. It's a that's sports though. You you, you play the games. You can talk off season all you want. But you got to eventually start. You got to hit somebody. Uh. Texter says, I think Scoots is technically right, but no way I'm buying more than my foursome a drink after a hole-in-one. I think TK has a story about uh, this when he was at Glen Oaks and a guy had to settle a thousand-some-odd-dollar bill. Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't – like, I just – I'm not I'm not dropping a thousand dollars. Like, I'm not – I'm sorry, kids. Uh, we're going to have to sell the house. Daddy hit a hole-in-one, and it was that uh, – <laughs> It was at the biggest scramble in the city, so we're broke, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. My buddy got a hole in one during a scramble. We went nuts. The hole was placed in the middle of the course. Our celebration was visible to multiple groups, which was great to erupt so everyone could see them, making them wonder what we did. Not only did he win closest to the pin, they came up with a special hole in one prize with a nice bottle of bourbon. Hole in one on a scramble all day. Well, See, it sounds like some, a dream situation. Some of those are like you get a free car too if you get a hole in one on it. Yeah, or like I mean, ten thousand bucks and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 that would be pretty, pretty. Uh, yeah, to do it there too, that'd be pretty sweet. Kirby says probably too late for it now, TJ. But you can request a visit to the White House through your member of Congress for free. The wife and I got to do it in twenty nineteen. It was a pretty cool experience. Wasn't impressed with Trump's landscaping at the time, but boy, anything goes in there these days. Keep your nose clean if you get in there this weekend. Let's have a week, boys. Uh, I didn't know that, Kirby. We didn't do it, though. And I've been in the White House before, back when, when uh -huh. Clinton was there, back in the day. Sick, sick brag. No big deal. No big deal. Scoots, you're the one you can – Scoots, you're one you can suck it. When I played there, we never lost to Providence. I'll put $20 on the Cougars. Also, it was seven total turnovers. That's from Mook. Oh, you're on, Mook. 20 bucks, no problem. Might as well just hand it over now. Because you're not playing there anymore, pal. If you were, I wouldn't be betting on Providence. But I'll take the Pioneers. 
Another texture says, I heard you all mention Calvert Chaney not having him recreate the shot and won a championship. That would be impossible. Calvert came along well after you, IU won their last title. <laughs> Suck it to Calvert. Uh, love that. Just love it. Uh, also, I wish we had seen this list sooner because it is a wild list that Mark Story has of the 10 proudest moments as a Kentucky fan. And number two is the 2020 Olympics. And I had to think about just what even happened. What weird standards to make a list of Kentucky uh, achievements? But yeah, it, that that if you want a wild list out there, maybe we can talk about this list tomorrow because it's that that one's a doozy. Twenty twenty Olympics. Shout out to Mark Story, one one of my favorite in UK media. Everybody have a great Monday. Nice to get back in the swing of things. Football is approaching, and we're excited about it. Head to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code BIGX for 25% off to get your sunglasses for football season. Thanks for all the Texans of the show. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. for a Tuesday KRC. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, we will see you then. I will see you. Real dog.